This is the diversity of me, keeping it real with me, Tanya Rai. In this episode, you will hear me talking to a guest about their top three ways that they live by the ethos of keeping it real. But what does this mean? I hear you ask. Well, there's no single definition for keeping it real. It means all sorts of different things to all sorts of different people. What I do hope you find from these episodes is that they are informative, that they are of benefit to you, and that you find some solace in the words that are being spoken. My guest today is Dershi Samaria, co-founder and creative director of New Wave Pictures, who was announced one of 10 ethnically diverse standout indies alongside the likes of David Olashoga's Uplands, Ramesh Ranganathan's Rangabi, and Lenny Henry's Douglas Road to officially partner with Channel 4 and the TV Collective on the Indie Accelerator, fast-tracking their ideas to broadcast commission. She graduated from the Royal Central School of Speech and Drama and was later recognised for her creative flair and scouted by the renowned Grierson Trust as their rising talent. Dershi spent the following years being mentored by and shadowing factual commissioners across major UK television channels, whilst engaging with some of the best indies in the game. Soon after, she was awarded a scholarship by the Discovery Channel, where she received training at the National Film and Television School in Factual Development and Production. And Edinburgh Television Festival have previously selected her as part of their Wants to Watch initiative. Dershi is also a qualified life coach and runs a mentoring scheme for young ethnically diverse individuals hoping to kickstart their careers in the media industry. We met earlier this year as part of the Wonder Women in TV mentoring programme and we ended up in a Zoom breakout room with the other mentees. I liked her vibe and energy and so I asked her to be a guest on my podcast and voila, here she is. Hi Dershi, thanks for joining me. How are you? I'm good, thank you for having me. Thank you, thank you once again. I was so excited that you had said yes and um, just wanted to talk a little bit more about your background and I've alluded into the introduction already what you've been up to but can you fill in the gaps a little bit and talk about your uh, experiences as part of the um, Indie Accelerator program in particular? Yeah sure Um, so I guess um, one of the things that made me want to be in the TV industry was um, the things that I felt it was missing that I could provide it with Um, you know watching growing up watching tv um and I know everyone says this but it's the truth there was narratives that were missing um I didn't see myself represented um and so I I was very excited to inject that into the tv industry and I truly believe that I can bring that um and so that was my motivation to getting into it and I left uni And at that time, I was like, okay, I'm going to try and get in the traditional route, which would usually be as a researcher or a runner at an independent production company. Um, But for whatever reason, I couldn't. It was really competitive. Um, I was impatient, (laughs) very excitable, young. And at that time, me and my creative partner decided to um, start a production company. Uh, We were like, okay, well, we want to be heard. 
and so let's just do it ourselves and in many ways I suppose we were a little bit naive we were creatives that didn't understand that having a business would mean that we now um were di dictated in many ways um, by the business side of things. So you, I couldn't just be a creative in the way I imagined. Um, but it taught me a lot. It taught me so much. Um, and yeah, that's that's how I suppose the production company, my the production company was created out of that struggle, struggle to be heard. Um, so yeah. And what were the challenges? Mm -hmm. um, that you found what what was like the number one biggest challenge I mean I know you've already said that it was it was being a business but yeah yeah what 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 was the kind of one thing that you remember from that time thinking oh this isn't what I thought it was going to be mm. no that's a really good question because actually one of the biggest challenges was just not having the language um to navigate within this field um so I had all you know especially in factual I had loads of access and loads of stories but I didn't understand how to translate that into tv terms um and I think people take that for granted it's like that there is a language and there is a culture inside the industry that not everyone has um so that so that was difficult um and I I only managed to pick that up through the various mentors that I attach myself to <laughs> um, and just observing and just really, um, yeah, pushing myself into that industry and then picking up, you know, the cultural codes and, yeah. I don't know, does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. And I was just kind of, sorry, I was pausing there in terms of like just really taking in what you were saying, but thinking about the next question and wondering whether I should even ask it or not, but I'm going ask to. Um, <laughs> I will, I will ask it. And I, I, the, the, what I wanted to ask was because I'm somebody that comes from the Midlands and mm -hmm. um, I try quite hard to hide my actual accent why <laughs> because oh it's oh my god because it's re it's really quite strong when I don't um so as I'm talking now I mean I'm not saying I'm putting a voice on um <laughs> because I think actually as time's gone on this is just how I've naturally ended up sounding and particularly since I've moved to Bristol a couple of years ago mm -hmm. I'm surrounded by a lot of um, southerners <laughs> and uh, they they call they call them um the blow-ins and when I say them the people who have coming from London mm -hmm. coming from Manchester coming from the Midlands where I'm from you know there's a lot of people here in Bristol that have moved here from different parts of the UK yeah and I feel like I've naturally just formed this newish kind of accent as a result of being around them mm -hmm. and not being in the Midlands anymore. So what I was going to ask you was, do you feel like the way you talk when you were saying, you know, the cultural codes and, uh, and navigating the language, did that have any kind of influence or was that something that you were conscious about at any point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, of course. Even now, I've got the thickest North London accent. Even as I'm speaking to you, I'm like, oh, trying to pronounce certain things. <laughs> but um, yeah, I've, I've, um, I wasn't conscious before I got into the TV industry. And then you start comparing yourself to other people. Um, but then I very quickly learned that actually that is my um, 
that is a part of my story and that is a part of my value and that is what I bring especially in a creative industry um that that is almost like as in um they they need they need me they need people that sound like me that have got my experience and so knowing that has given me confidence and in a way yeah confidence to say authentic to myself I'm not saying that I go into every meeting and I'm exactly um the way I am with my friends no you know everyone switches it up a little bit depending on where they are um but I think for me it's quite important to be true to myself and that doesn't mean completely changing my accent just so that the other person will find me more palatable yeah that makes sense and and good for you as well good for you for keeping it real and and staying true to you and you know as you were just saying that I was thinking oh my god I'm going right against my own ethos <laughs> of keeping it real by just admitting that I'm you know um that I kind of hide my accent no but, but that's um, keeping it real because you're being honest I think you know we all do it yes whether you want to admit yeah. it or not we do we do it I think so yeah, we all have a telephone voice, don't yeah. we? Yeah, <laughs> this is what I'm saying. So you can't run away from it, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Thanks for making me feel better, <laughs> Dirty. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> um, right, let's uh, let's talk about your Keeping It Reels now. And your first one mm-hmm. was knowing my values and therefore my boundaries. Mm-hmm. So... Um, explain this to me what does that mean Mm. do you know what it's so funny because I feel like I kind of just touched on it so it kind of um, blends in quite nicely but in in the context of work um knowing my values and therefore my boundaries means I don't compromise myself so for example whether that is in the way that I speak that we just talked about um or just not saying yes to everything um for the fear of uh, losing opportunity I think this industry is so competitive that sometimes or at least in the past I've found myself doing things that don't fit in with my moral compass um, but at what expense so for me it's okay to say no um, and it's okay not to take every job and I think that you do teach people how to treat you and if, if you don't identify yourself then they will I get that. And, you know, it's it's that thing of if you take shit, they'll give you more shit. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah I, I, I relate to that um, very much so. And in terms of getting to the point of knowing your values mm-hmm. and, and knowing your boundaries, what what led you to, to that? Were, were there kind of books that you had read or th- things that you had seen what got you to that point that was like that's it I'm I'm not gonna move away from what I believe in um I think it was a mixture a mixture of things um books that I read the way that I've been brought up um you know the and also just because we are talking about my work and the industry um kind of really thinking about what is it that these tv um channels are coming to me for often it would be for access to um youth trends or um uh, issues with um marginalized groups or ethnically diverse people um and so it, it was just kind of sitting with myself and knowing okay 
well, that's clear. That's clearly something I have that they're coming to me for, and that's my value. That's that's a part of who I am. Um, so yeah, yeah, it, it was a mixture of things, and and upbringing I think is a, is a massive one. You know, my dad and my mom, but um, they both taught me that you are very special. Like you are worthy, um, and just always believe in yourself. You know. Yeah. So like. Um, would you say that actually having boundaries because I've, I've been reading up a lot on, mm-hmm. for self-development purposes mm-hmm. and they always say that having boundaries is is like an act of self-compassion and it, that just yeah. sounds like everything that you've just said there that for you is an act of self-compassion yeah 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 when you say it like that exactly it's an act of um, self-compassion it is it is um, it, at some point you do think okay um what am I doing why am I doing it and does how does it make me feel um I remember doing jobs earlier on in my career and sitting there thinking oh my god this is actually soul destroying because I don't care about what I'm doing um it is actually against some of the things that I believe in why why am I doing this to myself um so yeah it is it's it's self-love and it's um looking after yourself I think yeah and do you think that actually not thinking about the money as it were Mm -hmm. actually plays into that too so you kind of feel like if I stick to my values stick to my um, principles stick with my moral compass then everything else will kind of fall into place as it needs to anyway yeah um so the answer to that is yes but I also understand that that's quite a simplistic way of thinking about things because some people don't have that privilege. So you have to, you know, if you don't come from a background um, of wealth or money, especially in this creative industry, you know, you you have to do things that sometimes you don't want to do for money. And um, I suppose one of the ways I um, worked my way around that was I continued to do jobs away from the creative industry that I actually loved. Um, so I'm also a youth worker and that, and that's something that I refuse to give up. So whilst I was building my, um, my production company, I, I was still a youth worker and I was making regular consistent money through that. Yeah. I was, I was just going to say that actually, I think that that's, um, that's an important thing to make note of. Um, in terms of social mobility mm-hmm. in our industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had recently chaired a panel and um, the conversation of social mobility came up mm-hmm. and it is one of those things that time and time again, you it has to be kind of reminded and drilled into people that, as you say, people, a lot of people particularly from ethnically diverse backgrounds, I would say, don't have that privilege of being able to rely on the bank of mum and dad or being able to sleep on a friend's sofa in London because they don't have any friends in London. Exactly. Or, you know, I know that you're from London, so it's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. But what I mean is, is that even if you are in certain pockets of London, you can also be 
completely ostracized simply because of the fact that you're from that part of London it doesn't matter that you're in London but you're from that part so it all it all kind of plays into this whole kind of social mobility Mm -hmm. uh issue I think yeah yeah um and actually after we've stopped you know after the recording on this um I'll I'll talk to you a little bit about Quince Garcia, who was my first podcast guest. Mm-hmm. Um, but we can we can talk about that uh, offline, as they say <laughs> in the corporate world. <laughs> uh, in the meantime, let's mm-hmm. talk about um, your second keeping it real, yeah. and I love how you encapsulated this. Uh, it's a it's a great one liner. The cleaner I am the better I operate. <laughs> yeah, hearing it back is funny. It makes me sound really dirty. But <laughs> what I mean, <laughs> what I meant by that, I think, is um, the cleaner I am in all areas of my life. So I think that's from the people I keep around me to the food that I eat and then through the things that I consume, whether that's through social media platforms or the TV. Um, yeah, the, 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 the cleaner those things are, the better I operate from a clearer mindset. Um, and so, yeah, for me, that is keeping it real um, at its height. <laughs> and w- when you were um, saying th- about this, you were talking about three elements. So that was you know, food, people mm-hmm. and media. Um, talk to me a little bit about the food one because you've actually got a really interesting anecdote behind that haven't you yeah so um yeah so food food has been anyone that knows me will know that I have an obsession with food and nutrition and health um so I'd say about I was gonna say 10 but maybe 15 years now um 15 years ago I had um I had several issues but one of my main things was I had um quite a large cyst in my ovary um and the doctors basically said we can do one of two things we can either remove it which may have further complications or we can manage it through um medicine and obviously and of course that medicine came with loads of side effects um so at that point I was um introduced to a nutritionist who is still my nutritionist today and she is amazing and over nine months so cutting a really long story short we were able to shrink that cyst to a point of non-existence just through food Um, and it was the most empowering journey and experience for me learning and understanding that food is medicine you hear it all the time but in my case that it actually that was what I was using it for and the power you have in your own hands to determine your health um so yeah that that was really kind of like the beginning of my journey into health and I know a lot of people will be like oh um what 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 is your diet what do you do no 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 but for that specific, obviously I had a specific kind of routine and diet to remove that cyst, but um, just in life in general, I would say that food is a way of life for me. So as opposed to using any diets, um, I will call myself conscious eater, which means that I am conscious of the things that I put inside my body. Um, 80% of the time, yes, I'm probably vegan, but um, I also believe that 
you know, the other 20% of the time I can, I can be a bit naughty and I can do things <laughs> that are going to satisfy my soul. And, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm just very aware of what I am consuming. Um, and I can feel the difference. I can really feel the difference. Um, you know, if I've had, I don't know, a week of eating badly, just the way I function, the way I think, and therefore the things that I say and the way I interact with people changes. That's amazing that you, you were able to make such a massive difference to uh, the size of that cyst. So mm -hmm. did you did you say that it's been removed completely yeah. or it's... Yeah. Um, so it's completely gone just through nutrition? Completely gone. Um, so when I'd gone back to the doctors and I had my ultrasound, they just couldn't find it. <laughs> um, so yeah, it had, it had um, dissolved. Um, and for me, that was just like, wow, look at the power we have, you know? And, and, and then that just start, you know, I've got my nutritionist, but I also then started to do independent research and looking into other practitioners and other ways of life and other, there, there's just so much out there that you can use to re like, we have so much, I don't know what the word is, but it's like that there's endless possibilities, you know, and that gives me so much hope um, that there's not just one way. There's many ways. And so I very rarely, and, and, and this, sorry, I should say, this is not to say anything bad about, you know, doctors and the medical world, you know, there's pros and cons. Um, but personally, I find that they're, they are great for, you know, when I go and have my blood test and I have x-rays and so on and so forth. But I then tend to, I feel like I now have the, I now have the confidence to explore other routes into healing, healing myself. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. And in terms of um, the other two strands about media and, mm -hmm. and people, mm -hmm. What what kind of things do you think about or consider mm -hmm. in terms of that ethos of making sure you live clean? Yeah. So I think um so for me, social media, um, I've I'm just one of them, I suppose, weird people that have never really recreationally used social media. So I do have a Twitter account which I rarely use. And if I do, it is mostly for um work-related purposes but um recently I've had to manage the account for New Wave Pictures which is my company and then with that I've had you know the opportunity to look around and um on Instagram and on Twitter and just oh my gosh the overload of like information and images of what was the other thing that I was looking at the other, the other day it was glass skin that's it when People have flawless skin and oh my gosh, I literally, it is so easy to fall into, oh my gosh, why do I not have that? Um, or <clears throat> this is where I should be when you see pictures of um, relationships or, um, you know, just the, all sorts of things. So I think for me, and everyone is different, again, this is about me understanding myself and knowing my boundaries and my limitations. Um, it's really, 
allowing so you choosing what you see as opposed to social media chucking these things at you um because I do also believe in the power of social media I know loads of people have created businesses from it and you can use it in a very powerful way but I just think you have to be careful and and there has to be a balance balance there yeah yeah definitely and you know I I can relate to that in that I love social media but I also hate it yeah you know it's I have a love-hate relationship with it because I love the fact that I can engage with people on it I mean I don't exactly have a massive following but mm-hmm. um I I love what I I love writing the posts that I, I write mm-hmm. and uh, I love the reactions that it gets and mm-hmm. um at the same time I love finding out new information that I would never have otherwise yeah have found had it not been for social media because uh, so, oh sorry sorry <laughs> no sorry to cut you I was gonna say but, um even that you know you said although I don't have a massive following and um to me it's like does that matter if the followers you do have are those that are interested in your work um does that make sense because when I was on it I was like yeah, yeah. no yeah no you're, you're absolutely right and I was actually going to add to that and to say the exact same mm-hmm. thing that for me I don't focus on the number of followers I have or the number of likes I get. Yeah, yeah. I focus on the one person that comes back to me afterwards and says, oh, that was really funny or that was really great or I love reading your updates. Um, And they might not necessarily be somebody that's going to be influential mm-hmm, either. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I've still engaged with another human being on some level and that for me is a really good thing especially at these times when I'm somebody who's living on my own in COVID and I'm somebody who is a natural extrovert and Mm -hmm. to a certain extent there was a little bit of me doing this podcast because it (laughs) meant that it gave me an excuse to actually talk to new people (laughs) and find new people in a way that I just wasn't able to like I, I could do before. No most definitely I, I completely understand and it, and it is so easy you know we um we all do that though we all we can all eat very easily fall into that um pattern especially when using social media of oh my gosh I don't have this or this person has you know it's a slippery slope is what I'm saying um so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, I would agree with that. And um, when it comes to people, now I'm obviously not going to ask you to kind of name names. Can or you imagine? Be specific. <laughs> kind of, <laughs> I know. But just like, I I think I get I get what you mean by this, but I'm, I'm guessing that you don't pull any punches around the kind of people you surround yourself by. Am I right in thinking that? Um, yeah, I th- do you know what? I'm 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 trying. I'm still learning. I suppose I still make mistakes. Um, but I would like to think that I am very. Um, I try to be a lot more aware and a lot more conscious of who's around me. How do they make me feel? And you know, is that a negative or is that a positive? You know, sometimes we meet people um, and we just don't know. We just don't know until. There, uh, we experience something together or whatnot. Um, but on the whole, yeah. If 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 I feel like there is, um, if I feel I'm not connecting with you or I feel like something's not right, I I am getting better and better at letting go and being authentic. You know, after life is so short, 
Um, and one of the things over the past few years I've been trying not to do is is put on the act. Like, why should I be around someone and pretend <laughs> that I'm happy or that um, I like you when I don't? That's not fair to you or that's not fair to me. And I, and I mean that in every area you know that could be career that could be relationships that could be family um so yeah but I'm, I'm definitely not perfect and I'm still trying to find my way around that but um it is a massive thing because yeah who you surround yourself with to a certain extent can influence you as well right let's talk about your final keeping it real because I feel like this is the one that we're going to be talking about the most <laughs> um <laughs> because it just covers so many broad things mm-hmm. and um uh I had said before we hit record that I felt like you and I were very much on a similar wavelength mm-hmm. and um th- this is p- quite possibly one of the one of my most favorite keeping it reels that somebody has said and it's uh you said it's about having fun yeah definitely I think for me um if I don't enjoy it I am not doing it and um sometimes I think it's so easy to lose the magic in life um especially like especially in this rat race that we live in um so yeah I think for me magic is that fun of life, almost that carefree attitude that you had as a child, that just disappears as you get older. Um, you know, not doing things for a specific agenda, except, except just having fun and feeling good in the moment. Um, as I said, as we get older, I think most of the things we do are attached to the next milestone in life, whether that's your career or your relationship or whatever. And we lose that spontaneity um, where we just do for do's sake. And and that's where the magic lies for me. I just, I don't know. I've always been like that. I just want to have carefree fun. And, and we miss that all the time, I think. So for you, is this something that has always been a, a con? a conscious thing as in like it's just always been innate in you or did it take a bit of time for you to figure it out once you had reached adulthood did you fall into that trap of not having fun anymore and then kind of thinking what am I doing yeah definitely I think I reached that age so like I said when I you know when I was younger I did it and I did it um subconsciously I you know as most kids do but um I reached the age in my adult life when I realized that oh my gosh wait a minute I'm working so hard and trying to live up to these standards or these milestones put in by society but where's the fun like where is that and I keep using the word magic because I don't know how else to describe it where is I don't know where is that um where are those moments of oh my gosh, this is exciting and I'm just doing this because I've, I want to feel good. Um, so it was almost like I had to unlearn, unlearn the things that society had taught me. You've got to work 24 hours a day, especially if you're an entrepreneur, especially if you've got your own business. Um, and yeah, and and reteach myself what, what what is the meaning of life for me? And and to be honest, if I'm not having a good time, 
then I'm not living. I'm just existing. So yeah, it, it was a conscious decision, but in a way, it was just a journey back to myself, I guess. That sounds so cool. And you know, it's <laughs> it's I was saying to you before we hit record again that um I'm particularly in the last few months feel a lot more spiritual and um I interpreted the magic when I when I read this from you that you know it's exactly everything that you've just said but I I just kind Mm -hmm. of want to reiterate it from my own personal perspective that it was something that I could totally relate to um Mm -hmm. and that the magic being our ability as humans to um a just survive and thrive anyway just generally speaking but the the magic of the human spirit and condition and um making the best of our life because we've only got one shot at it right and Mm -hmm. you want to make it count um most definitely and uh I, I wondered actually whether you believe in the law of attraction because it's something that I've been reading into and, and looking into a lot and, and whether that kind of is something that you live by. Yeah, um, and that's such an interesting question. It's something I've been looking into too. And I think, I think I've believed it my whole life without knowing it, um, especially in those earlier years, like I'm saying. I think that is something that I naturally did. Um, and, and it's funny because now I'm, I'm reading it Um, But it's only reinforcing the things that I I already um, have done. Um, So, yeah, yeah, I do. I do believe. I I most definitely believe in the law of attraction. And I think that everyone uses it. um, Whether, because if you, uh, this is quite a big statement, but I think even religions, um, I think the law of attraction is used in, in, in many ways, you know when we're praying we're asking and and we're attracting these things into our life so um yeah yeah I I do believe in it definitely yeah I I get that as well in terms of um you know I'm not somebody who's particularly religious but I understand how the power of faith um and the act of prayer, like you've just said, it is, mm-hmm. you know, a, a very similar thing that you're you're asking for something and therefore you're kind of willing it and wishing it to happen. And when you do that, when you act from a place of will, sometimes things just do happen that you just think this this just cannot be explained. Mm-hmm. It's just so weird. Um, and I and I think that because we have been conditioned in secular society to um, kind of base everything that we do and think on science more and more, which is obviously right. I'm not disputing Mm -hmm. that that's not the way to go. Um, You know, science is based on fact and evidence and I believe in all of that. But um, I don't know whether it's just because of COVID and everything that's happened in the last year but definitely found that being a little bit more open to Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know maybe a higher power I don't know um Mm -hmm. that that can that will to to 
bring good things into your life if you want it can happen and definitely it's weird that I'm saying this now because actually on a previous podcast episode I spoke to uh, a chap who is a humanist mm-hmm. and humanism really speaks to me as well because mm-hmm. it's that kind of thing that doesn't talk about it's not based on religion but it's based on the human spirit um but they very much kind of rely on uh fact based evidence and mm-hmm. it's um i was just making the point in a really long rambling way <laughs> um <laughs> that actually I, I relate to what you've just said about the whole act of prayer thing because um mm. it it does kind of feed into that law of attraction theory yeah ultimately I do think that whatever you believe is true um you know I've got Muslim friends who swear you know they've got testimonials about how their life has changed and I've got Christian friends and I've got friends from all different religions um, and I've got friends who practice the law of attraction and each one of them will tell me that this way of thinking or this religion has um created miracles in their life and and I do I'm such a big believer that whatever you believe in is true and that and that in itself is I suppose the basis of the law of attraction so I think in this lifetime for me anyway it's about what feels right for me um and I'm still learning I think it's a journey um but yeah I think you are your own um your own you measure truth by the way what what with what works for you yeah yeah i i think that's right and i would i would definitely concur with that for sure and it's interesting what you just said as well about that you're continuously learning and and i think that that's true of everyone isn't it that mm-hmm. you'll you'll never you'll never get to a point where you don't learn something new or different. And um, I actually recently wrote um, a piece of poetry around this thing of what you said today won't be the same thing that you'll say tomorrow, you know, that things Mm -hmm. change for you. And I'm even finding that doing that on the, on this podcast, things that I said a few months ago, I'm kind of like rethinking and thinking, oh my gosh, you know, I've put that out into the ether now (laughs) with my podcast. And now I'm kind of thinking, Oh, I, I, I'm not so sure I think the same as that. But mm-hmm. people, if they're binging on this and they'll realise that I'm on, on my own kind of journey and I'm kind of looking through different lenses and learning so mm-hmm. much as well from people like yourself uh, on oh. this podcast. Um, yeah, most definitely. Yeah. And you've got, I think you've got to give yourself that permission to grow and, you know, um, uh, of course, things are going to change. Your opinion's going to change because your experience changes. So, I think that's one of the things we give ourselves a hard time about as humans. But it's like, you know, life life is a journey, like we said. And so, how can you expect to to stay the same? Um, and it's okay. I think it's okay to to change in the way you see things. Yeah, definitely. I had one more question with regards to your last keeping it real about having fun. And Mm -hmm. uh, it was around whether, you know, are there anything, any specific things that you do to get 
back into that childlike mentality <laughs> in, in terms of mm-hmm. embracing having fun yeah 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 so one of my biggest ones is traveling which obviously during this lockdown has <laughs> I can't do that but traveling is my I I I don't know what it is but I am the most carefree loving spontaneous person when I'm traveling um and it just puts me into a mood and a space that just makes me feel so childlike um I I love adventure I love learning new things experiencing new places so yeah traveling is is definitely one of them um and then just stuff like music um you know, or I went, I went to Trinidad Carnival in 2018. Um, oh, wow. Which, <laughs> what was that um, like? Amazing. Like it was so literally, I, I had no, I was crazy. Like there were, you know, like you're in, you're eating good food. It's good music, good weather. Um, yeah. You ju- just enjoying life. Um, so yeah, so music, um, being around friends, you know, I've got some friends that I can be super silly with. You know, you have certain people that just get your jokes and get your vibe. Um, so yeah, so being in their energy always helps. Having a glass of wine, like <laughs> feeling fine. In, yeah, exactly. Just feeling a little tipsy every now and again. <laughs> um I don't think there's anything wrong with that. So yeah, for me, you know, all these things, I think they, yeah, they put you in a different vibrational pattern. And I think it just, it just makes me feel good. So yeah, I've got, I've got a lot of things and nature, I should say probably is, is a massive one for me. So, and it's crazy because I was born and bred in London. Um, but I love nature, which is one of the reasons I travel. There, there's a sense of peace that I, feel just even being in my garden and going on a you know throughout this lockdown going to the park it's just so healing for me um so yeah I, I am I'm lucky that I have identified I suppose the things that work for me but again it's been a process um yeah so I've I've got quite a few little kind of things that I do um but most of all I think it, it starts within you um, you've got to find that happy place within you. Otherwise, you could go on holiday, you know, you could listen to music and you will just never feel happy because you're not happy inside. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's like a process. Yeah. Do you know, um, I was listening to Lauren Hill the other day and um, her track, mm-hmm. Do What That Thing. And mm-hmm. um, there's that one line, how are you going to win if you're not right within? love exactly. that love that line and um <laughs> I just yeah as you just said that with with the whole kind of music thing it's that that kind of line came to me and I just thought yeah she encapsulates it so well doesn't she mm-hmm. most definitely exactly and and it is a tricky one because you know people are like oh well how how do I heal how do I love myself because that that word is thrown about a lot isn't it love yourself love yourself first but how do you get there um yeah it's 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 crazy and that's why I always say it's a journey I don't think you ever reach a point where you're like yep that's it 100% love myself 
life is going to be a hundred percent from now on. Um, I think you have ups and downs, but once you, once you learn yourself and understand your triggers and understand what makes you feel good and what doesn't make you feel good. And then I think you can, you can live a much kind of smoother life. Yeah. 100% agree with that. 100% agree. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I think um, we've covered everything that we wanted to talk about with you three, keeping it real. Thank you so much for being so open and honest and, um, I really, really enjoyed talking about your Keeping It Reels today. Oh, no, thank you for having me. It's been fun. I truly hope that you have enjoyed listening to this episode of The Diversity of Me, Keeping It Real with me, Tanya Rai. If you did, please do take the time out to rate, review and subscribe, only because it helps other people find this podcast more easily. And if you had enjoyed it and found it beneficial, then maybe somebody else will too. 